the Daft Punk helmet is there. And the first drum computer of Armin van Buren is all there. But it's not the main thing. The main thing is uh, to try yourself, listen to records, mix a record, actually make a record with your friends. Das ist der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast, der Podcast rund um Nachtleben und Clubkultur. Wir sprechen mit DJs, Türstehern, Tänzern, Clubbetreibern und anderen Nachtmenschen. Mein Name ist Gesine Kühne und ich bin Jakob Töne. Herzlich willkommen beim Electronic Beats Podcast. Hello, it's me, Jacob Turner, and welcome to the Telecom Electronic Beats podcast. We're all somehow a part of the dance scene. Some are creators, some are working behind the scenes, and most people take part as dancers as part of the community. But how did the scene become what it is today? Do you remember the origin of house music? Last October, a museum dedicated to the dance community opened its doors in Amsterdam for the first time called Our House. But what's it like to put something that you need to experience, to listen, to feel on exhibit in a museum? That's what I'm asking Arne von Terpoven. The journalist and author is one of the founding members of Our House. He tells me, for example, why the claim museum is not as fitting as immersive experience. But let's just hop right into the conversation with Arne von Terpoven. Hey, Arne. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I mean, you were celebrating, weren't you? You recently had the opening of the Our House Museum. I guess there were a lot of work before, but how is it to open it after so so much time of work? Yeah, I mean, this is this is of, of course your big thing at the horizon. <laughs> for uh, I think uh, it was my main thing for one and a half years. So the moment um, you're gonna open your doors and you're gonna sh you, uh, you let people in and you actually show to people what you've been up to, it's 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 of course something that makes you very happy and it's also very um, exciting. I mean, you just come up with ideas. Yeah, you just do what you think is the best, obviously with a with a whole team. But this is yeah, this is the moment of truth. So it was very um, very exciting and also very exhausting. Yeah. Uh, and it was also uh, great and a bit a bit surreal. I mean, opening a museum, I mean, you don't do that every day. No, no, no. I think once in a lifetime, uh, in my opinion, it's something you're really far away from, especially when you're kind of a, from the dance community. A museum is more like a kind of different culture. Yeah, well, one thing we already learned after been opening for one week is that maybe the, the word museum It's not it's the right little, one. Yeah, nah, it, it's also not wrong, but it's maybe it's a little bit too too heavy. I mean, uh, museum got a, a pretty uh, old-fashioned feeling, and we are more of an, as we say in proper English, an immersive experience. So we are not about uh, looking at a frame at the wall or looking at, at another piece behind glass. We are. Uh, something you have to experience uh, just like uh, you have really have to experience the dance floor. I mean, you can explain the party and the dance floor and the whole atmosphere and the strength of the dance floor. By taking a part in... Yeah, in yeah. you have to, I mean, you really have to be expression. into it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we did. Yeah, I would like to, I would like to circle, I would like to, to get to especially the immersive experience later um, in, in this episode. But I just wanted to like... I know from from my projects, whenever something goes live or you have a 
an event that you're celebrating the opening uh, how was it for you to to catch up then did you catch up with uh, some random people and just just ask like how, how do you feel here how did you experience uh, what i've been working for so so many times yeah of course and then i mean on the day itself first we had a we we had a press release so a lot of press uh, were there And then uh, we had a, a round for all the investors, the people who actually paid for it. Uh, and then um, then a lot of friends and family came by. And then the, the actual ticket buyers came by. So we are there um, 24 hours a day to try and catch their opinion and talk to them. And I mean, these are obviously four completely different target groups. But I mean, their interests come from the same thing. Uh, which is obviously a past in partying or 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 they're, they're currently into uh, into a partying yeah, interest in dance music culture yeah yeah that that could that comes from the dance floor yeah. um yeah and it's it's really strange how how people experience the the whole thing like uh, i am more like a, a cultural guy my my in my interests are cultural but yeah. we also have a very big section uh, of um equipment and and technology the drum computers the, the, the sequences so more technical uh, yeah, yeah yeah and like from music making mm. um and of course djing music mixing as a visitor yeah that wouldn't be my thing but there are also people uh, who freak out on that and and they ignore the <laughs> the cultural uh, part so that's really funny really funny to to notice let's get into the different parts of the museum later but i just want to like When when I did my research and I found out or I, I read an interview, I think you gave maybe eight years ago and you described your way or how you ended up in dance music and um, in, in, in the scene because uh, you're an author and music journalist and uh, you've experienced your first night out at the Isle of Techno in, uh, in Ghent, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. How did you feel then? Because uh, in the in interview I've read, you talked about the first experience everyone has when they enter like a festival or a nightclub, etc. Do you think there are people that are now getting interested in the topic through the museum, like stepping into the museum and have, have the kind of same feeling you got when you enter the festival? I truly hope, I truly hope there are people who are, coming there i don't know maybe against their will <laughs> because they <laughs> because they have to from their parents or because a friend bought them tickets and then they see that the dance scene is more than just entertainment yeah yeah or just more, more than just uh than just being on a uh, on, on the dance floor while, while you're totally out of your head it's a very rich culture uh, it has a lot of aspects of creativity Yeah, I, I I hope so. But I think, listen, I don't want to be a museum that only drives on nostalgia. Yeah. Because the dance scene is very progressive. And it's actually very unnatural to look back. As a journalist, uh, I wrote a couple of books about the dance history in the Netherlands. And that was actually the first time that, that we just stopped the clock for a second there. Because, I mean, there's a, the dance scene always wants to go further new sounds yeah. and new concepts and new technology embracing all things progressive but there is actually after after like in the netherlands three decades and internationally uh four decades there is something to look back to 
So I hope the people in our museum are are, are the people who who stopped going out to parties yeah. and wa- want to uh, like relive their 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 past again. I I really hope there are uh, there will be people who are into totally into partying right now and want to learn more, want to know where where it comes from. I always say on the shoulders of which giants we stand. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, uh, I hope there will be some I don't know teenage kid. Who, who doesn't know anything and 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 gets around there and think what the what is this i want to i want to get into this very deep so the the my, i mean if you ask me uh what is the target the target group your target audience my very <laughs> lame answer will be yeah actually everybody everybody who who gets a ticket or like who who's coming there by by uh, abroad by parents yeah current dancers dancers from the past Yeah, yeah. When you started, you started the ideation phase of our house. What was the purpose? Like, what was the initial thing that got you starting on on an immersive experience? Well, as it goes, uh, as we say it in the Netherlands, I don't know if it's uh, if it's in the same thing in English, but we, here we say good ideas are in the air. Yeah. So there are there were three parties who all uh, had the idea of a, a museum or a museum experience. Or an, uh, or, or, or an archive, at least to catch and to, and to preserve this culture. And what is a really, really good thing about this is that those parties didn't go on on their own island by, uh, and start the competition, but they, they started working together yeah. for, one, for one project, which became our house. What parties or what events were, were this? Well, there were entrepreneurs from different uh, areas, but the core they come from IDNT. One of the biggest in the in Central Europe. Yeah, IDNT uh, one day one the biggest promoter in the world, uh, with uh, parties like Sensation, uh, Mysteryland, um, Defcon One, and they got bought by uh, SFX in 2013, and then they had a reorganization. Uh, a couple of guys started a new company and that company is a driving force of our house, but they have a history at IDNT. And from day one, we knew it has to be uh, very like modern. Yeah. It has to embrace technology. Uh, it has to embrace uh, show. So not just showcase old turntables or I don't know, the shoes of Larry Levan. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, we got that stuff. I mean, the the the, the Daft Punk helmet is there. Yeah, and the first, the and the first yeah, yeah, and the, and the first drum computer of Armin von Buren is all there. But it's not the main thing. The main thing is uh, to try yourself, listen to records, uh, mix records, actually make a record uh, with your friends, and then there is the show uh, part. So pretty soon, we knew the museum had to be in a club. So you are in this environment of dancing and partying. And of course, I mean, uh, club uh, venues, club locations uh, are most of the time on very good locations, like in the city center. Um, but they are used, I don't know, 15% of the time, two nights uh, per week for, for six hours, which is uh, obviously, it's a pity. I mean, there's a lot uh, to do with that. So we thought it had to be in a club. And uh, and we pretty soon came up with uh, how we call it festival psychology. So you come when you buy a ticket, you are there for um, uh, for a time slot for 90 minutes, 
you come in with with the whole group. First, you go to the dance floor. Then, then you got <laughs> just like at a festival, you enter the whole thing together. Um, then you got your th- uh, start show, your welcoming show that is about uh, ten minutes, and then everybody can goes his own way. Like I just uh, said, somebody uh, uh, go to all the technology, uh, but you can also dive deep in the the, the history. Uh, there's something to see and to do for everyone. And then after 45 minutes, everybody has to get back to the dance floor. So just as a festival, when you say to each other, okay, the, the headline show we do together, we get back together at the end of the night or day, and then you get your... Um, uh, the end show, which we call the culture ride. And that is a 20 minute, very intense ride from the early 80s till now. And then we, you experience the whole journey, electronic music, um, and its culture had by music and by, I like to say, the best things of a festival closing show. Okay, so lights and everything is kind of similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's the whole package with projects, projection and laser and CO2 and very hard music. And it has a, it has a shaking dance floor. And uh, we like to, we like to call it uh, VR without the glasses. Yeah. So you are, you are on the dance floor and you're surrounded by this whole show and uh, it's on high volume. So uh, there's something, I, I mean, when I talk to my mother, my, my mother still thinks, uh, she still says to me, yeah, you, you with your computer music and uh, what, it has no soul. And what, I mean, all these old fashions, uh, all the old fashioned idea about, uh, about this music. Uh, and I always say to her, well, you can, only, you can only judge when you experienced it on the dance floor on full volume when you feel it, when you feel it in your stomach. Yeah. Um, and everybody uh, who has been to parties know where I'm, when I'm talking about. So we said, okay, did we, definitely, we definitely had to put this uh, in the museum. Uh, and that will, uh, that will happen at the end show. So to also give people who are really like have no, no touch with uh, dance music at all, give them the chance to enjoy without like the long queue for toilets or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't have to buy an expensive uh, ticket, yeah. and 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 it's over after twenty minutes. So if you really don't like it, you can you can escape. Did your mother already uh, have been to to our house? No, 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 no. That will oh, that will happen uh, obviously very soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've been. I mean, she 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 had a share. I mean, I've been working as a journalist for quite a long time. And I wrote some uh, books about uh, big promoters or uh, or about DJs. So she she knows a bit, but she she definitely does not feel it. And I hope that will change uh, this step. So if she's listening, that's an invitation uh, to go to our house. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we are recording this on a on a Thursday before next Thursday. She will be there, and uh, and let's hope let's hope we conquer the new soul. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I would like to get into more detail about the content itself or what's showcased uh, in the museum or in like how you really can participate. Because you already mentioned, for example, you can mix their records. You can really dig somehow the music and go through through the history. Like, I think it's crazy because electronic music is so diverse nowadays. It started with, let's say, as a genre 
and then spread out and you have so many in, uh, different uh, categories or so many different subgenres. How did you like limit to use? I, I've read there are 150 records. How do you limit the house music or house music to 150 records? Now there are way more records in the in the whole. There, I think there are even there are 600 records in the whole in the whole experience. If you would check them out all, yeah, you you can hear 600 different records. You don't have the time for it. It's like uh, limited to 90 minutes. <laughs> you have to go uh, for a second round. Yeah. Um, to do that, which you are obviously mo most welcome to do. We knew from the start we are not going to please everybody. Yeah. But I, I like to say all the genres and all the subcultures and all the scenes, they have one thing in common. If you rewind the tape, we are all children of the same mother. Yeah. Or we are, I don't know, nieces and nephews and... <laughs> And so, and, and f we are one family. We are roots. we are one family. So the the characteristics of the of the first house parties and dance floors, uh, where house and techno and asset emerged, they can be found in in every genre. I mean, it's about being on a dance floor. It's about being together. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do on the dance floor. Um, it works. And the goal is to completely release, to, to dive deep into the music and forget your, your daily life on nights that are not allowed to end. That's every, I mean, every genre or every subculture has that. That's even just the cultural aspect. Because I mean, when you go into the technique, um, they're also uh, like it's all rooted in one, like the kick, for example, that you have four to the floor kicks and the hi hats, the techniques, the synthesizer, drum computers. Exactly. Furthermore, obviously, we know it's very difficult. Um, I mean, it's impossible to please everyone. So we are focusing uh, on the early days when it was still very easy to cover actually everything. Yeah. Um, and then we are focusing on, on um, some mainstream genres, which are house, techno, trance, and a little bit of a little bit of ambient and break when you say or when you're talking about the early ages or the early days of electronic music who are you covering there what, like uh, for people who are not really familiar or haven't for example listened to our podcast or my my talk with honey dijon or my colleagues talk with king brit so where do you start where's where does the the travel begin We started in the early 80s in Chicago with DJs Frankie Knuckles and Ron Hardy in a club called The Warehouse. As you know, that is where the name House comes from. That's the story. That's the rumor. <laughs> that's the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But I, th I think um, uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it it makes to sense me. To yeah me. same to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, the journey uh, after that is actually pretty clear in the 80s. You have you had house in Chicago, you had acid in Chicago, you had um, techno in Detroit, um, you had soulful house in New York, um, and then the whole road goes to Ibiza uh, and the UK, and then very very early after that Amsterdam, the and Rotterdam, the Netherlands, uh, and obviously Germany. I mean, there are tracks who appeal to everybody, like for instance Energy Flash by 
Joey Beltran. Yeah. Or Can You Feel It? Yeah. Or Pull Over from Speedy J. Or Born Slippy by Underworld. Yeah. Which I think is actually already 94. Yeah, it's kind so, it's 90s, definitely 90s. So in I mean, even in Ibiza and in Manchester and in London at the end of the eighties, they were uh, mostly um playing Chicago and Detroit records. And I think the the, the big acceleration came in the um, in ninety-one, ninety-two, when it divided in a mellow stream and um and a hardcore stream. So I think um to select the records from mm. 2010 till now is way, way harder than to select the records from... Because there are much more more records released, more subgenres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and we we really did our best to make it authentic. I mean, we are open to everybody. We want to be welcome also to families and we want to be welcoming insiders and, and, and industry people. But we also want to welcome people who are just slightly interested and or they just are in Amsterdam and they on, on the morning they, they wanted to check what they will do with their day yeah we want to welcome them all so we're not it's not going to be very total underground left-wing difficult music <laughs> but uh, but from the from day one we said to each other it's very important that like that the underground people and that the people who are totally into it and that the people who've been in the industry for for decades that at least, at least then they will, they see that we understand, that we understand where this, where this thing comes from. Yeah. Did, did you work with certain artists on like the curation also like what content you will uh, showcase? Were there any artists involved directly? Yeah. Yeah. Actually we involved, we wanted to involve the whole scene. So it's not only about artists, but it's also about, uh, from big stage and show uh, uh, builders in the industry. Um, we ask all big festivals to participate. And uh, our history part is actually made together with some like DJ icons that really stand for their own period of time or their genre. We, are, we call it the history masterclass. It's a really, it's a really cool thing. I mean, it's, it's a giant uh, lead wall. It's a 10 meter uh, lead wall from floor uh, to ceiling, really big. And in the middle of the wall, uh, of the wall shows actually uh, the whole uh, history from in the early 80s till, till now as a timeline, yeah, from left to right. And then in the middle of the wall, you have a screen uh, and um, the history is told uh, by the people who were there. And these people are Catherine um, Sonnison from Detroit, Carl Cox, Armin van Buren, Charlotte de Witte, who is the hottest DJ in the world right now, and Diplo. So also from different different times. V very different times, yeah. yeah. And, they, um, and we curated the story uh, with them. Yeah. So they are there. They are ambassadors. They are part of the of the of the whole thing, and um, this took us a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of a lot of checking. Like I mean, does it make sense? Is it is this okay? Can we can we tell it like this? Because uh, everybody has obviously their own truth. Yeah. And, and every and, and yeah, and everybody um, is the center of their own truth. So I mean, if you were in. Um, I, I had that once with when I when I made a book, I made a book about 25 years of um, dance history in the Netherlands, and uh, this the one guy um, 
reviewed it and he's um he's from the countryside in the netherlands and he's from the from a, a small village in the south and there you, you have an you have an area with a little bit of of hills and caves and there were parties in the caves oh wow i mean and this is early 90s and yeah. and, and 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 he said it was a pure disgrace that the parties in the caves were not in the book <laughs> and th- this is a, like an example of the fact that that you are the center of your own truth i mean he was there for him, it was his, this is his his party history. For for him, this is the this is the place where where he took his, his first pill. For him, for him, this is the place where where he heard his first beats, and that, that is obviously life changing. But in the bigger scheme of things, what happened in the clubs in Rotterdam and in Amsterdam and in Eindhoven is of more influence on the rest of the history. So in the book, we made a choice to mention that. Yeah. Um, and, but we'll always, I mean, I am, I'm ready to take all the, uh, complaints uh, about it, but I can tell you, we, we really took care of this. We, we, we wanted to be very authentic. We want to do justice on, on history. Yeah. But of course, it, it, there are borders to this. It's very hard, but, but it, but it comes from really, I mean, it's, I want people to understand it. It comes from a really good place. Do you think that uh, our house would be different if it's situated in New York, for example? Yes, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think the choices that are made are always colored by where you come from. Yeah. It's, it, you can avoid that. But we, I mean, we try to, I mean, we judged and we checked each other for the whole ride. But then again, I mean, the Netherlands uh, were of big influence uh, in the past 30 years. We connected to electronic music pretty um, early in time, and um, we made a whole industry out of it. And I mean, I, I don't have to tell you about the, the Dutch DJs and the Dutch party concept, but but I, but I mean, it's very obviously very very strange that such a small country. But the industry and the scene is very big. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so and it's so dominant internationally. This is very strange. Do you have the feeling that, especially in the Netherlands, the people uh, are not really aware where the music and the culture is coming from? Was that also uh, one of the like main purposes, maybe to show them? Because it's very big. If you go to, for example, like the the main festival scene in, in the Netherlands is electronic. Um, no, I think I, I don't know. I don't know if people are really aware of the history, but everybody knows that we are the country with the most festivals in the world in absolute numbers. Yeah. Crazy. In absolute numbers. Everybody knows that we have a lot of DJs in the annual DJ Mag competition, which is, which is important to a certain part of the scene. Um, we got the biggest platform for hardcore uh, in Thunderdome. We got the biggest platform for hardstyle in Q-Dance with our festival DEFCON 1. We got the biggest platform in the world for techno uh, by Awakenings. We got the biggest industry event with Amsterdam Dance Event. And we are also, as the Netherlands, we are also um, very influential behind the scenes. For instance, uh, in crowd control or um, uh, the Celebrate Safe campaign that went global. Uh, it's, it's a Dutch uh, idea. So... I mean, of course, this, this thing had to be in Amsterdam. But, I mean, in Chicago or in Berlin or in London would have been justified as well. Yeah. Did you ever think about, instead of having a permanent uh, museum or an exhibition space, 
did you ever think about having a touring exhibition and also highlighting local influences or the local history as you said that uh, you're like very influenced of course from from your surroundings and that the museum is also very much looking into the dutch part of in the history but uh, was there like an idea about having this toured or having other our houses with other highlights or other uh, spotlights on history yeah 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 this is actually our next step okay <laughs> this is actually uh this is our uh, this is, yeah this is the plan i mean we opened with our first version uh of this experience and then i hope before before christmas we have our our, our second version improved and then we hope that somewhere next year we will um, sit together and um, and uh, talk about how we can how we can make a touring exhibition out of this But we take things one step at a time. Um, but um, obviously, um, that would be great and uh, very logical, I think. Yeah, this is something you can, you can travel with. Obviously, you have to find um, a local uh, partner with local views. So yeah, if, if we catch up um, next year in November, maybe, we, um, maybe I have a little bit more news about this. But we... Um, We de this is definitely part of the of the big plan, and um, I think we we even have to. I mean, we do this to catch and to preserve and to spread the love on this. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, of course you want to do that. Do you think that um, it's becoming more and more a thing over the last years that yeah somehow in in the dance culture uh, exhibitions are yeah maybe round up the experience of uh, music i remember for example in berlin there was a, an event at funkhaus which is an, an old broadcasting station uh, from the gdr and there was a there was just a giant 808 yeah exhibit and uh, you you were uh, invited to like program drums by hand yeah. like it's really huge i i think you you saw it uh, you've seen it but I think it's becoming more and more a thing to like get people interested in also creating because I think the barriers, ex especially in electronic music, are very low for uh, being creative and uh, doing like making music. Do you think it's becoming more and more a thing? Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Is it? I, I think it's more. This is what time does. Uh, I don't think it's it's the fact that you have to experience the thing yourself. There will also be experiences about other subjects, like I don't know, maybe sports or, or other art forms. I think um, here in Amsterdam, we have um, a museum called it's called Next Museum. It's, it's driven by modern technology, so a lot of projection, and they just give the, they actually give an artist a space. So this is your space, and 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 um, they can they can switch. So it's way more dynamic. Uh, than uh, a frame at the wall. So, and this just falls together with the fact that the dance scene um, is now ready for this. We are a young culture. Pop music and rock music are way older. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they started in the 70s, and I think end of the 70s, which is 30 years after rock and roll uh, started. Yeah. So I think it's just natural that those things pop up. Yeah, at first, at first the genre is revolutionary. Yeah, uh, then it gets normal. Then it grows out of the underground, and then it gets normal, and then it gets mainstream, and then it gets 
it gets commercial. And then after that, 20 years uh, have passed and then uh, there's an element of nostalgia or there's a, there's a thing to look back. And especially when it comes to music or partying, those are people's best memories. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it catapults them, it catapults everybody to the time you were young. I mean, it's scientifically proven that you are most connected to the music you hear from 15 till 28. After that, it gets harder, scientifically proven to connect. So when you're uh, really into partying and and you you just left your parents' house and you fall in love and 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 you make choices and you make new friends yeah. like this and uh, when you're at the end of your teenage years or in your early twenties, the music uh, that comes with that is forever connected to you and and it just takes time before you're you're able to to make a museum out of that. We now we are at a moment in time where it's the turn of electronic music and its culture. And that is also a time um, that is dominated by technology. Um, so I don't think the fact that technology is involved with all those exhibitions can be... Uh, it's not really about the genre. It's also about the moment in time where we live. Uh, but I do agree that it's very um, uh, accessible and it's easy um, to start uh, making electronic music. Um, but that doesn't mean this feel important to say that doesn't mean everybody can do it. No, of course, but uh, the barriers are very low, which are also kind of matching the culture that it's for everybody and it's not for those who can afford, for example, uh, very, um, high costs, instruments, etc., and equipment. Yeah. We have in the, in the museum, we have a, we have a, a DJ set completely, uh, stripped down. So it's only about uh, queuing, okay. li uh, line up two records, and then mixing it. And um, that one is really... Uh, Accessible for everyone. Yeah, and people really, really like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, the moment when, you're, uh, when you feel <laughs> you're good, you're mixing it good, it's, it's, it's a triumph. Um, and there are obviously a lot of people who say, uh, yeah, I never thought it was this difficult or I didn't know how, the, how this worked. It has only two... Uh, How do you call the thing on uh, faders? Yeah. Two, two, yeah, two faders and two tracks, and yeah. um, I mean that causes a lot of fun. Maybe that gets people into DJing then at the first place. I mean, that's also one thing. You you start a museum, and I've also read about uh, enclosed academy because that would be also the natural next step to uh, also educate people more into detail about certain aspects you may showcase in in our house. What's the plan on the academy or was the yeah what was your purpose to also start an academy? Yeah, as I said, uh, we want we do this to preserve our culture, to be uh, part of it, to play a role in it for uh, a lot of more decades to come. So, besides the museum, uh, we are starting a whole um, platform. Uh, on one side it's uh, it's content based uh, and on the other hand is education. Um, we already in Amsterdam um, had a couple of organizations who did that, and we uh, collaborated with one. At the, uh, it's called the School of House, and they already uh, gave courses uh, like DJing courses or Ableton courses, but also masterclasses uh, about event and promoting and, and, and uh, marketing in music or, or how to run a label. And we think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds really idealistic, but, but we, we also think it's our duty, it's our duty uh, to do that. I mean, we have the, um, 
we have the knowledge, we have the content. Um, so yeah, let's let let's spread it and try to get uh, younger people on board and try to to raise the level, to raise the level of this of of our of our industry. To make our house a proper our house where like everybody can meet up and learn and gather around, have a community. I think that's also what the title is about isn't it exactly and we have our uh, i mean when we speak about the academy we have our uh, there's a, a physical part where you are really in this sort of classrooms but it's also digital which can be done all over the world uh, and and that also fits the the dancing i think it's always been very open and um, international but I, but i do have to say this will all start now Uh, we're now, now we are open. Very beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still, uh, I mean, our house academy is up and running. So everybody's interested can uh, can go there. And so, I mean, this is also very Dutch. This is very Dutch to do this, to like institutionalize it. Um, and then, and then, I mean, we are a small country. We always have to look ab ab abroad and, and, and be focused on, on exporting things. Um, the educational part. I think it's very uh, logical that it, that it comes from the from the Netherlands. It's very, it's very funny. But I think the UK and Germany are also very in, into that. I know for sure that there are uh, certain universities that are focusing on only that aspect. But uh, yeah, it sounds sounds natural to me. Yeah, and, and during during the lockdowns, uh, COVID lockdowns. I mean, there was a lot. <laughs> Suddenly, you saw that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you definitely said there were DJs who were at home and they thought, okay, what can I Let's do? Start a masterclass. <laughs> Let's start a masterclass. We've seen a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's also great because I mean, uh, then they they can they can show others how they made it their way. And I think electronic music is also about discovering different paths. I think that's also one of the main reasons why the genre developed itself so so much because everyone is uh, discovering a new path for himself yeah i totally agree i totally agree anna i thank you so much for your time and i'll definitely have our house on my list uh, next time i come to amsterdam because uh, you really uh, made me very uh, curious about also the part where you can really take a part in the exhibition yeah and yeah i thank you for your time All right, please come by. You are always welcome. And um, let's hope you can combine that with some great partying in Amsterdam. For sure. <laughs> We are facing a new lockdown, actually. Yeah. And that was in the news today. So that, that gets pretty hard. But uh, in the end, we'll, um, we'll survive as, as, as an electronic music scene. Perfect ending. Thank you so much, Anna. That was my chat with Anne van Terpoven. I'm really keen to visit our house the next time I'm in Amsterdam and I'm really looking forward to the Academy. If you joined this conversation, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or text us your feedback on Instagram. See you next time. Das war der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Abonniert den Podcast bei Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify oder Deezer. Wir sehen uns im Club. Bis dann.